What's up, everybody? Welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. Today, Sean and I jumped right in and we talked about NFL first, J.J. Watt signing and a few other things. Following that, we talked NBA and the locals, Knicks and Nets. Then we talked about the MLB, mostly Yankees. And a few free agent signings. Following that, we talked NCAA basketball. You have the tournament coming up. And then we finished it off with some PGA. So follow us on Twitter at Sorry Sports. On Instagram, Sorry underscore Sports. Check out the website, SorrySports.com. And enjoy the pod. What's up, everybody, and welcome back to the Sorry to Interrupt podcast. We're here for a Monday rundown on Thursday this week. It's been a little busy week, but hey, we're here for you. Tom, how you doing, my friend? What's up, man? How are you? Doing well, dude. How about yourself? What do you got going on? Doing all right. Not too much. Just work. Um, we had a little. Uh, we had a podcast last night for Dino Hype Cup. We were going to have you on the Instagram live for a box break for some sports cards. Um, Ended up being a, a technical shit show, so even though you bailed on us, I did a little bitch. Uh, Nine thirty at night last night felt like fucking one a.m., dude. I was done. That's all right. Um, the next one will be better. That's all I'm gonna say because the next one you'll actually be able to see. Um, so those who follow the other podcasts and whatnot, there will be no box break. Ryan uh, somehow didn't didn't have the video, so that's on him. That is on him. It sounds like he needs to pick up his game as a co-host for you. <laughs> yeah, you're ahead of him in the ginger co-host ranking. I'd hope so. We're on 187 right now. I'm um, up on 200. I know, dude. It's pretty great. Um, did you hear, by the way, before we get into all of our sports that we got to take care of, did you hear about the governor of my now home state opening everything up 100% next Wednesday? I did, and I would... Uh... I would warn you to be careful. Uh, you know me. I'm obviously going to continue to do the, what I've been doing. But Pretend it like is, you still it, live here. It is wild, dude. Um, uh, I just can't believe it. The end of his I, – I saw his little statement, and the end of his statement was like, let's continue to be careful. It's like, well, let's just not give the general public that option. How about that? Yeah, how about – so basically you want to reopen this 100% for the economy that went – down the shitter because of how ill-prepared the state was a couple weeks ago. Uh, some people in parts of the state are still dealing with the ramifications of that storm. So what better way to fix it than ignore the global pandemic that's a year now? So let's just make sure everybody, like you said, stays safe down here. And do not worry, I won't be one of those assholes. Hey, man. If there's a golf course open, i definitely hit that. But aside from that, <laughs> stay stay away. Um yeah, that that's absolutely crazy to to believe, and I I don't think it's I don't think it's going to be for very long. I just don't know how long they can have it because I'm just going to go out on a limb here and assume that unless they lie about the numbers or they choose not to give statistics, uh, it's not going to go over very well. On a positive note, though, from this whole pandemic, the vaccine does seem to be working very well. Obviously. It's not circulated enough for us to feel safe enough to go back to the way the world used to be. But um, deaths and hospitalization from those who were vaccine are at 
0% or 100% non, whatever you want to call it. Uh, so it does seem to knock things down a little bit, and the death rate has been going downward. Let's just hope it stays that way. Pfizer and uh, Moderna is testing at 100% efficacy, and now you've got Johnson & Johnson, which rolled out their single-dose vaccination on Sunday. So now we've got three that have tested very, very well and just get shots in people's arms and trust us, everybody, when Tom and I can get ours. Obviously, we will be looking to do that. Absolutely. No no doubt in my mind about that. Um, all right, you ready to talk some sports? I'm ready, man. It's been a busy week. It has. Let's lead off with the NFL. Um, I guess we'll talk about the big news first. J.J. Watt signs a two-year deal with the Arizona Cardinals. Very surprising. Very surprising that he went out there. $28 million deal loaded with incentives, uh, $12 million signing bonus. What were your first reactions when you saw it was Arizona? Because I I was shocked. I really thought it was going to be Buffalo or Cleveland or Green Bay. I I mean I think I believe the reading the tea leaves they had a little bit more money to offer right yeah um I, well obviously that's the first thing and then I think he truly believes in that team I mean they had a top top half defense last year by mo- a majority of the metrics and I think their offense is really going to improve the only thing that's going to hold them back is their head coach I believe um. And I think that they're poised to make the playoffs next year as a wild card team. Yeah, reunited with DeAndre Hopkins. Uh, obviously, Hopkins has said very good things about that. Like you said, they have a very good defense. Uh, that's only going to get better with his presence. And he apparently sent out a text to Kyler Murray when he was making the decision saying, I'm here because of you, which is how sweet is that. But I, I like the move for Arizona. I think it makes a a budding defense that much more veteran savvy. And I think he's going to, I think he's going to produce there. Yeah, absolutely. And again, this just goes to show the absolute shit show that the Houston Texans are Um, probably the greatest player in franchise history, or he's definitely up there and they, they couldn't hold on to him. Watson's all but gone. Um, It's a joke of a franchise. It's awful. I mean, Houston sports right now, you can't get a lot worse than what they've been. But I'm happy for Watt. First time in his career, he, he's a free agent, and he got to really have his suitors. You could see on Twitter he was really having fun with the whole thing and and putting himself in different uniforms, kind of doing his best Trevor Bauer imitation. But uh, great signing for Arizona, and sounds like you're predicting them to be one of the wild card reps next year. Uh, I'd really have to look deeper into it when football season rolls around. But off the top of my head, yeah, I think they're really going to be an improved team. In these signings, we always debate whether or not they're good, and then – Signing guys like this a little bit past their prime, for some reason they seem to get one more good year out of the guy and they end up making the playoffs. Yeah, and they really don't need him to be peak J.J. Watt. They just need him to be a good Still a very rusher. effective player, especially on third down. Absolutely. they And they just need him to fill that role and kind of make that, that defense that's already young and good uh, again, just allow them to take that next step. So, so good move for Arizona, one of the first big free agents off the board. Uh, we got a couple other roster moves here, Tom, in a week that I'm sure by this time next week it, it's going to be an absolute frenzy. But the Miami Dolphins have cut linebacker Kyle Van Noy after only one season in Miami. Um, the Minnesota Vikings cut tight end Kyle Rudolph after 10 seasons in Minnesota. What do you think of those two moves? 
Um, don't really care about the Van Noy one. I know they probably brought him over because he was a Patriot, and they do have a former Patriots he- uh, coach uh, coaching them up right now as their head coach. And um, as for the Kyle Rudolph, I looked more into the other tight end in Minnesota in Smith because most signings I automatically go to fantasy. And um, he was a top five tight end the weeks that Rudolph didn't play. So I'm writing that down on my draft board. As for Kyle Rudolph, I think he'll go to a contender and maybe play part-time. Yeah, I think that's a a good call. It makes sense at this stage in his career, get less snaps, but he can still be productive probably if they take that workload away from him. Yeah, he's still a red zone threat. That's all he really is, but he's definitely still a guy that – can box somebody out and uh, grab a couple touchdowns for you. For sure. Um, as I said before, uh, there's going to be a shit ton of cuts coming in the next couple of days to a week that I'm sure we'll get to as the time goes on. Uh, my New York Giants made a couple roster moves. Golden Tate, that speculation was there. He was going to get cut. They, they did part ways with him as they did with linebacker David Mayo. More than fine with that. Nate Solder did announce he's coming back, and don't be surprised if you see him cut uh, takeaways from those three moves. I think they might be able to cut Solder and bring him back on a smaller deal. Um, I I didn't think he was – he definitely wasn't the player that they signed, but he also wasn't terrible Um, for the others – I don't know. Maybe maybe they'll latch on somewhere, but they were towards the end of their careers. Don't really care. Yeah, Tate's a nice player. I still think could get the job done on certain teams if he's asked to. He's, he can still go up and get the ball. He makes a lot of contested catches. But uh, that four-year deal the Giants signed him to in place of the Odell trade, it was really a two-year deal. I remember a couple years ago Just I was talking a headline about grabber. that. Yeah, and it was you loaded, you front-loaded that contract to make it easy to get rid of him, so they did that. Uh, Tom, we haven't talked quarterbacks in a while. You said Deshaun's all but gone. I, I still don't know what new developments have happened there, but this Nothing Russell really. Wilson story, this Russell Wilson story is actually starting to get legs. And I want to know what you're thinking as you've been hearing the rumors come through the last couple of weeks. Well, the rumors have been that um, he's unhappy. Don't really know how you could be when this team's pretty much tried to build themselves around you. I do understand that their offensive line has not been great. But then again, it's got to be hard to block for a guy where you don't know where he's running more than pretty much every other quarterback in the league. Because Lamar is more of like a downhill runner. So he's going to get in the open field and get in front of the blockers and just make guys miss. Whereas Russell is moving left, moving right. You're blocking a guy. Before you know it, you're not blocking him because Russell's in the other direction. So some of those sacks are on him, and then, I, I mean, they've pretty much tailored this team to him, and they paid him a shit ton of money, which obviously that money had to come from somewhere. Their, their defensive players are gone. Um, but with that being said, uh, I hear that his wife, who obviously is a, an icon and a, uh, and a musical superstar, wants a bigger city. Sean, all i got to say to that is, have you ever heard of a city bigger than New York? No, I have not. Uh, Media capital of the world, even in a pandemic. I think there's becoming a growing sense that he's actually going to get moved. And the reason I say that, just trying to read the tea leaves from listening to reporters and insiders and all that, that are giving their their best judgment on the situation is, let's not forget two years ago, there was 
there was talk about Russell Wilson to the Giants and are they going to trade him and you know does he want New York City and then he ended up re-sign or signing an extension and everything looked good but he's not well liked I don't think by his teammates there's been talk about that for years and I just don't know how long you can continue to trash your offensive line and then go back and ask them to protect for you yeah I mean it's crazy because he says nothing all the time he just says go Hawks and whatever but then he he can blame everybody else but himself sometimes um listen I'd love him in a Jets uniform give Seattle back their pick this year give him a boatload more picks Hammer Watson, I'm all in. Oh, you have to be. He's a weird dude, too. Like, there's times in interviews where he sounds like freaking Urkel, and then he has con- then he has ones where he's like Mr. Unlimited, and he's just oh, he's that a was weird Urkel, guy. Bro. Very uncomfortable. <laughs> but then, and then he's got the ones where he's like in the barber shop or something, and it's it's crazy. He's he's a weird dude, and I think he's polarizing in he the locker He tries to be something he's not, which is cool. Yeah. He's not cool. <laughs> he's a fucking no. nerd I mean he's listen he's a great player seems like a great guy philanthropic all the not the whole nine but he's just not cool I'm sorry Russell you're not cool no no he's not but he's a hell of a player and yeah. any team should want him especially your New York Jets so do you think I mean we're gonna have a lot of months to talk about this probably but do you see any world in which he actually does get traded would you put it over under 50% that he gets moved under 50 I'd probably put it at like Thirty-eight percent. Okay, but I, I mean, it, two weeks ago that was at like two percent. Yeah, I just—I get the sense that yeah, I just get the sense that something's not right there, and it, it's the Seahawks might be looking to move on, and he might be looking to move on, and at some point, while his value is as high as it is, and the quarterback market and the bidding for quarterbacks is as crazy as it ever has been. This might be the opportunity to just shake things up and, and move on from. Hey, that could be it, man. I might be at – ask me next week. Maybe I'll be at 50. <laughs> Sounds good, dude. All right. Um, so that's NFL right now. Obviously, a lot's going to happen in the next couple weeks. Free agency's a two weeks from yesterday, which is pretty crazy. Uh, let's go talk some NBA. We've done so much NBA lately, including going on the Just End the Suffering podcast this past Saturday. But just a few things here from the final week of the regular season. Harden returned to Houston last night. Break. Yeah, till the All-Star break, which is, yeah, tonight's the last night of the regular season, right? Uh, I think the captains are picking I mean, tonight. of the first half, yeah. Yeah. Captains uh, yeah, pick right. tonight. Um, yeah, Harden goes back to Houston. They gave him a stupid little tribute video. I mean, so 2020. So Into 2020. Whatever, whatever year you want to call it. So, like, such a fucking Gen Z weak-ass thing to do. It's pathetic. I wouldn't have given this guy a, a, a tribute video for what he pulled. He did nothing for you guys. You What's even weaker is Fortita saying that he wants to retire his number. Oh, like now. give me a You're, break. Right? Give me a fucking break. There's players in the NBA that have won championships for teams that don't have their number retired. And, oh, my God. These strip clubs should be putting up jerseys of him there because they made a shit ton of money <laughs> off him, but not the team. I mean, and then you have Bleach Report and everything saying, oh, like, great tribute and whatever. Like, fuck off, dude. Like, 
like, I, I can't even, man. I, I don't know what to say. So stupid. He's playing great for your netters, though, I'll tell you that. Oh, he is. He's. I think if it wasn't for what Embiid has continued to do, and especially after what, what he did last night getting them past Utah, uh, I think Harden is a legitimate MVP candidate for what he's done with the Nets. Uh, yeah, I completely agree with you. He definitely deserves to be an all-star this year. He may be second-team all-NBA. Um, did you see the little banter between Mitchell and Embiid? Embiid got oh, rejected, yeah. and he's like, I've done that to you before. It was so awesome, dude. I fucking love Embiid. I'd love him so much more if he didn't play for Philly. But then you hear Mitchell and Gobert just going off on refs, saying that they don't give them calls because they're small market team. Like, come on. I mean, there's been a lot of ejections lately. I, I just thought the banter was funny. Um, someone else big got ejected. Oh, Booker got ejected recently for for something ticky-tack as well, where he gave the ref a little bit too hard of a bounce pass or something like that when uh, when a foul was called. and These refs honestly do need to chill a little bit. This year has been terrible. They're so sensitive. And sensitive and the reviews, which obviously isn't the ref's yeah. fault. That's the league's fault. I can't blame them for that. But just officiating in general has been really, really bad this year. I mean, listen, maybe the guys are tired. They had to, they, they're doing the same thing the players are, right? Yeah, I don't want to hear it. Like, it's just, I felt the same way this past baseball season. I thought the umpiring was as bad as it's ever been. Um, and I know we say that every year, and it's such a lazy thing to say, but if you watch every game like we do, or you watch these leagues as much as we do, it just, I don't know if it's more attention to them or not, but my God, it's been, it's been horrible across I don't, I don't think there's ever been a time in which even including when games were being bet, bet on I don't think there's been a time in which across all sports refereeing has been as bad as it's been over the last two three years completely agree with you I was going to say this is um it is nearing a, a crisis for the amount of time spent refereeing and overall officiating um, and the last time the NBA had a crisis was when you just mentioned it, Tim Donahue, I think it was, mm-hmm. was um, fixing games. So the NBA is going to have to do something about this. The games are way too choppy towards the end. There's way too many ticky-tack fouls. Just because LeBron looks in your direction doesn't mean you have to give him the goddamn call. It's just the sensitivity. These guys just take things so personally. Nobody is there for you. Nobody's watching these games for you. And just fucking handle your shit. It is what it is, and I understand that these players bitch and moan, but if you look at highlights of of Larry and MJ and Kobe, all they ever did was complain. Every time that they were hit, they turned around and yelled. But the problem is, is that you're talking about Larry, Kobe, and MJ. Now we have, you know, uh, you're talking about three of the greatest players of all time. Now we have the, the eighth guy off the bench doing that. You know what I mean? Like, it's every player that gets in the game. I understand it. I mean, I'm sure I'm just using those guys as more as more representatives of, of their time that they played in. Superstars always got the call. I'm not disagreeing with you. I'm saying it's a lot more prevalent now because every player thinks that they have a right to do that. And, and it's a no. Yeah, it, it, it's just... Still, I think the refs are being too sensitive. Let these guys complain. Nothing, the game's not stopping because they're they're mad that a call wasn't made. It's when, I mean, what does it take, man? The last two minutes of an NBA game, last minute and a half of a game that's within six points. 25 minutes. 20 minutes, yeah. 
25 minutes. Yeah, absolutely. You can put a timer on your phone and it will dead ass be 25 minutes. Um, but I mean, these refs just need to stand pat because they're either giving in to guys like LeBron and giving him the call or going for a review and that's taking time or they're teching these guys up, throwing them out of the game like Mitchell or Booker. And that just ruins the product. Totally does because Philly still might've won that game, but I'd like to see Donovan Mitchell out there before the clock's hit zero. 100% agree with you. Want to talk Knicks? We got to talk, Nick. You sent me a couple texts over <laughs> Sunday night into Monday. Very giddy with updated stats, uh, updated standings, rather. So please lead us off. Uh, Nick's, I think they lost their most recent game. So we're back to 18 and 18. But we are, I believe we are the four seed right now. If not, we're in the top five. And I mean, I couldn't be happier, my friend. Julius Randle saying he wants to. Julius Randle Russell is saying that he wants to stay long term, <laughs> and, and I would definitely lock him in. And you can at least have him as a trade piece if, if worst case scenario, they play Detroit tonight. I expect a win there. They are the five seed at eighteen and eighteen. They're half game behind the Celtics at eighteen and seventeen. Um, I mean, I, I I don't want the All Star break to come. I don't blame you, especially because your second half schedule is Brutal. is pretty tough. Yeah, pretty tough. But hey, you're gonna. There's gonna be this team's game, at least gonna make the play-in game. I would be shocked if they weren't, man. Even with that schedule, because I just don't think a lot of the teams that they're in that same category with are any are that much better. Not at all. Not at all. So you got to be giddy. Yeah, I, I am very happy, and we've talked about it. Um, ad nauseum on Phillips's podcast, Just End the Suffering, and then our podcast, what was it, two weeks ago where we broke down the NBA. They're, they're, Tibbs is pushing all the right buttons. Yep, and quickly put up, even though in a lo- losing effort, I think he had 26 the mm-hmm. other night. So go handle Detroit tonight. They're terrible. You're back at MSG. And then you'll see what the second half, uh, what the second half brings. Yeah, man, this has been a fun season. And the best part is, of course, none of us expected it as Nick fans. I feel like as sports fans, it's always when it's the best. Yeah. Even when a team is great. I mean, if you think about what was that Yankee team in 2019, I mean, remember, they, they won the AL East, but it was the year with the next man up and all of these guys that came up. I mean, they weren't going on this run with Stanton and Judge and guys like that. They were going on that run with like Talkman and your boy Clint and Tyro Estrada and Gio Urshela. It's always more fun like that. Absolutely. You ready to talk about some MLB? Absolutely. A little segue. Aaron Boone has a pacemaker put in. I didn't know that he was having issues. I didn't either. It wasn't really being talked about. Um, but yeah, he was. You know what, though? At the same time, we don't need to know this. He's the manager. He's not a player. And I like that he keeps it a little private. Yeah, I, I also like the fact that he got it addressed quickly because he said he was feeling lightheadedness and, and just not feeling all that well and low energy. And he did have open heart surgery in 2009, which I forgot about. Mm. So I didn't know that at all. Yeah, so his his heart has not hasn't been great for a while now. So getting the pacemaker in, and now he can be healthy and ready to take on the twenty twenty one season. I think they said that he'd miss a few days. He had the surgery yesterday, so hopefully back early time of next week. And it's a good time of the year to have it. 
For sure. What do we have next? Takeaways from the first five games. Yankees lost 15 nothing to Joe Girardi's Phillies today. But yes. st- scores don't matter. Um, mm. Did you get a chance to see any of Jameson Tyon or Corey Kluber in their first appearances as Yankees? Saw their highlights. Shaking the rust off. I mean, yeah, what else nice can you really say? Kluber. Yeah, it's really it. Two innings, two perfect innings from Kluber. Gary's hit two bombs. It's spring training. Yeah. Listen, let me let me throw something at you before we move on to to a to a free agent signing. I know the Yankees um, went out and got Jay Bruce, but there's another guy who I think is much more important as an outfield slash first base option, and that's Derek Dietrich. I think mm. I think he is at this point in his career. I know Bruce is a former All Star, all this, that, and the third. I think. Listen, he can play second if you need him in an emergency situation. He can play right, left, and a possibly even center field, and he can pick it at first base. He's got a lot of left-handed pop. Definitely way more speed than Jay Bruce. I think he would be an excellent addition to this team coming off the bench. Good call by you, man. I was thinking the same thing. He went yard last night. And he's fucking yoked. Dude, he's a fucking beast. I, I think that he would be a perfect fit. He's that great energy guy. You need him playing two, three times a week. He'll he'll spell you if you get injuries. I'm with you. Jay he's, Bruce like is a, he's like a, um, a swisher, almost. Not going to play yeah, as well, much as a swisher. But I, I think there's a good comp there. I, I do too. I think it's more versatile because he can play those other infield positions too. I mean, Bruce is attractive because he's got the track record of the high on base percentage and he can hit the ball out to right and all those things. And he's a good vet, but I'm with you. If, if I want, a, if I'm going to round out my roster, especially thinking that they're going to carry with the 26 players, you're probably going to carry what 14 pitchers, 12 position players, make those position players on the back end of that roster and back end of the bench as versatile as possible. Absolutely. I couldn't agree with you more. And we've already established that Talkman and um, Andahar need to play. And they have mm-hmm. options, so they're going to be down in AAA in Scranton. So I think Dietrichs is the best option. I think they should pick him over Bruce, absolutely, if, if it Total- comes down to that. Totally agree with you. Between the two, I think Dietrichs is the right move. Oh, I'm glad we agreed with that. I thought you were going to argue Bruce sometimes nah. in numbers, but... I think Dietrich's is is the way to go. All right, Brewers signed Jackie Bradley Jr. I really like this move for them. That's going to move Christian Yelich to um, right field for a time. And did Lorenzo Cain move on, or is he going to move to left? I think he's going to play left. He took. I know he took the year off last year, choosing not to play during COVID. But he, I believe he's in the last year of his contract or the mm. second last year of his contract. So left makes more sense for him at this point. Brewers are a borderline playoff team. Let's hope their pitching can stay healthy. I think that's what held them back. Um, I, I really like this move for them. Uh, listen, Bradley is – he's not a bad hitter. He's just the ultimate streaky guy. He has a lot of hot streaks and a lot of cold streaks, but that glove always plays. He's one of the best defensive outfielders we've had in the past 20 years in baseball. I'm, I'm right there with you. I was surprised that – more contending teams didn't go for him because if it only took 12 million a year on a two-year deal that's a steal for a lot of teams i thought the mets were still going to be in on him even though they they made some moves for center field the red sox seemed they never wanted to bring him back which i thought was strange and then you've got 
I thought Houston was going to be in play for him too. So good steal there by Milwaukee. Might be one of those underrated free agent moves that we look back on in the middle of the season playing well and you say, hey, that was that was a really good move right there. Yeah, I definitely think it was a savvy mood move, excuse me. Any other any other um MLB talk? Not really. Is spring training still, you know, just started. So as as we move through exhibition Who cares, season man? Here, it is great. It is great to see baseball again and you know, spring training, it's just it's one of my favorite times of year because you have March Madness coming which we're going to talk about a little bit, even though it's not the same as it usually is. And it's starting to warm up, at least where I am. Yeah, it's the March time frame is is a pretty good number two to the, I think that like September, October range, yeah. as far as the sports calendar. Absolutely. All right, let's talk a little NCAA basketball. Um, this year it hasn't been as prevalent on the podcast, just like I don't think it's been – we're basically a reflection of the real sports world. It hasn't been as prevalent in the real sports world. But, hey, we're still watching. My Johnny's beat Providence last night. What's UConn doing? Are they still hanging around? Yeah, UConn's been on a nice little run since Book Night's been back. They beat Seton Hall last night, and they'll close out the regular season with Georgetown on Saturday. Okay. Um, the one seeds we got this year, what are we thinking? It looks like Michigan. Mm-hmm. It looks like Gonzaga. Yep. Baylor lost. Gonzaga's undefeated, I so I mean, Gon- they're obviously. I think they're going to be the number one overall seed. And this, by the way, and unfortunately, it's a pandemic year, and it's not a true year where they'd be getting a lot more love. Might be their best team ever. I've heard that a lot. I, to be honest with you, have not watched a single minute of a Gonzaga game this I year. I think they but- have two to three first round picks on this team, so it's definitely their their most talented team ever. I'm always so skeptical of them because they don't play anybody in that conference. Yeah, but they've played a couple teams out of conference this year, and they've been able to survive. I know that game against Baylor everybody was hoping for got canceled, but they have played some real teams this year, and obviously they've won all of them. Yeah, I, I was I was thinking about this yesterday watching UConn. I was like, you know, with all of these teams trying to go through a bracket in two weeks, it's like – Okay, I know, because in a traditional season, what do we do, right? When a team has a good out-of-conference win, you say, oh, well, that was back in one of those Thanksgiving tournaments. You know, teams have changed since then. Well, you had a player. One of their best players was hurt, or one of their best players is hurt now, even if they're highly ranked. Now you've got to the monkey wrench of teams having their season suspended one or two times. I mean, how do you even look at that in, in college basketball now? Yeah, for sure. And then and then the other big thing of college basketball is the the – and the other thing that I think is holding it back this year is the Blue Bloods are are basically out. I mean, out of the one seeds that I'm looking at in most of the predictions, the only one that you have, and I, I don't even know, would you call this a Blue Blood, is Michigan. I don't. I think they're that second tier. Yeah, I mean, you have Illinois, who's been having a great year as another one seed. I'm looking at Andy Katz' um, predictions here. But, I mean, the lack of... Uh, you know, signature programs is tough. It's been brutal. And who's the kid? Jalen Johnson from Duke that left halfway through the season. Can you imagine an NCAA tournament with no Michigan State, no Duke, no Kansas, no Kentucky? No Carolina. No Carolina, too. Yeah. Yeah. They got I mean, waxed by Marquette last week. Yes, they did. And this is a year from hell for all those teams. 
and maybe the death of the one and done, especially with um, with NBA with high school players being able to jump in a few years. Yeah, and some of them already go into the G League. Uh, I, I hope I hope it is. I, I hope it is the end of it. I, I've I've ha- always hated it, and especially for those teams. I mean, you obviously root for your programs, but were UConn St. John's fans? Imagine being a Duke team. It you get a whole new team every single year. Yeah. It's tough to keep track of. I mean, St. John's with all the fucking senior transfers they have, it's basically the same thing on a much <laughs> lower level. But, I mean, uh, listen, looking at it from St. John's, they're not uh, – I guess you would say they're on the very, very, very edge of the bubble right now with that win against Providence. Um, they may have to win out or win the Big East tournament. So, I don't know. UConn's in. UConn's in. Right now they're looking like a 9 or 10 seed. Mm-hmm. And if they beat Georgetown and they get to at least the semifinals, I think they'll stay there. If they get to the finals, maybe they creep up to 9 or 8. And if they win the Big East, I think they can get as high as 7. So we'll see. Oh, man. Johnny's again missing the tourney. It's been... <laughs> I mean, they, they haven't been – I mean, I know they made the, the tournament that one time uh... – couple years ago with um what's the guy's name on the raptors the lefty and then years ago when i was like a freshman or a sophomore they made it with um d'angelo harrison sir dominic pointer but and a few of those other guys but it's it's been a tough run did they go when harkless was there uh that was so long ago they may have gone once i think harkless was either a one and done or a two and done though yeah he was Probably one of the best players that you've had out of there in a long time. But and what's crazy? Well, I to mean, think the of, program's been bleak. I mean, one of our best players in a long time is Amir Garrett, who's pitching for the Cincinnati Reds, who's also nasty, <laughs> by the way. But I mean, oh god, that's actually hilarious. I didn't know that. Uh, crazy to think too is this will be UConn's first appearance since the 2015-16 season. So they were going through their rough patch too. Yeah, and you guys look to have turned it around. I like what Anderson's done. They remind me a lot of the Knicks, a team that locks in on defense and just seems to play harder than the other teams, but the talent aside from Champagne just isn't there. Yeah, and UConn's got Book Knight, who's going to be a first-round pick probably in the teens. So anytime you have a player like that. You better uh, make the tournament. You have a chance. Yeah, you have a good chance. Although he missed eight games this year with injury. Mm. But it was nice to see that they hung around, not counting that loss they had when your Johnny stole that game from him. Hey, that was a great win. But they did, we did steal that. That was a loss for you guys, not a win for us. Um, <laughs> yeah, just looking at this bracket, I mean, obviously I'm going to go all in on March Madness. I'm going to be gambling. I'm going to be watching. The whole nine, just because the games alone, I don't care the matchups, they always end up being great, but... I mean, ugh, tough. I, I'm. I actually am fascinated to do the bracket this year because this is by far the least plugged in I've been. So maybe I have an actual chance this year because every year I think I know what I'm talking about and I clearly don't. <laughs> yeah, I mean, I didn't even do. Usually, I do with our with our guy Mike Phillips. He does a bracket with um, damn near a million people. It feels like. And I just told him this year that I was out. I, I didn't. I didn't want to throw the money away. It's just like I have no feel. I know. I'm just gonna. I'm probably just gonna do one or two brackets with a few group. With, you know, a group of two people. But it's. It's so. I think the. I think you'll get. I think you'll get that feeling back as the games go on. But it's leading up to it. It could not feel. I remember like I would count down from like a month to to selection Sunday. 
And it's like 10 days away, and I couldn't feel any less excited about it right now. No, I I have not watched a lot of college basketball this year, although I have watched some Gonzaga, and I think they are going to win the title. They are my pick. There you go. Tom's giving it to us early. Let's talk <laughs> some golf, my friend. Yes. Um, so this, uh, this week we have the Arnold Palmer Invitational. Um, they teed off today. Rory is in the clubhouse with the lead. Bryson is nipping at his heels. Um, we had the WGC last week, and you know who won? Colin Morikawa, who is a top five golfer in the world right now. Um, I think he's right up there on a list with one other guy. Maybe it's Tiger that has won a WGC and a major before the age of 24. Um, the, uh, the thing I take away from that is it's depressing that he's 24 and I'm doing, you know, nothing at 26. <laughs> yeah. Well, at 29, it doesn't feel any better. You're 30, bro. Shut up. <laughs> Not yet. Not fucking yet. Um, this week to give out a winner, uh, I mean, we're already around it, but I'm going to go Bryson. The guy hits the fucking long ball and that's what you have to do with this course. Um, let's talk about the players next week and then we'll talk about PGA and some of their um, moves that they've made. Their strategic moves that I think are pretty interesting. Players tournament, players championship. Um, that is played the 14th, the 11th through the 14th. Um, I, I, this, I think this, all the players are going to come out to play this, this tournament cause it's called the players, obviously big purse. I'm picking a winner and then I'm going to pick a threesome. I'm going to go in my, well, a foursome with the winner. I'm going to have Justin Thomas in my foursome. I'm going all big guys. Okay. I'm going all big guys. All right. Nobody out of the box. Justin Thomas, he's he's been right around the rim, but he hasn't put the ball in the hoop yet. Brooks Kepka already got a win this year. Um, he looks healthy. He's been playing playing really well this this uh, this golf season. And then my final two, I'm gonna go Bryson. If he doesn't win this week, he may win next week. And can you guess my winner pick? Finau. <laughs> you know me too well. I'm just going to keep picking him until he wins. Well, you're going to come up with it at some point, and you're going to say that you're a genius. So it's we like might playing as well the lottery, week, you right? know what I mean? Like, yeah, I might have spent $10,000 on lottery tickets, but it only takes one time for me to be a billionaire, and that $10,000 paid for itself a trillion times over. What great logic out of you. Absolutely. It's the same way with sports cards. All we need to do is pull that one lamello bowl, Panini Prism. Very, there you go. Hey, you get that, you can retire and, and hit an island or something to play golf every day. I don't know about that, but that does <laughs> sound good to me. Um, finally, last announcement, Amazon Web Services and PGA Tour have teamed up. I think this is huge for the PGA Tour. By the way, Amazon Web Services someday is going to spin off as its own publicly traded company. Sean, I'd be buying those stocks as soon as possible. All right. That company is going to be just as big as Amazon itself. Um, but ba I'm not a financial advisor. That's not financial advice. I always have to say that. Um, <laughs> with that being said, I think that's going to be huge for the PGA Tour. They're going to have over 100 years of data. That's going to be big for gambling. That's fucking crazy. Um, and, and you know what? The PGA Tour has had a lot of innovative ideas over the last – I want to say two years with the shot, maybe five years with the shot tracer, bringing the drones in and everything. 
Amazon Web Services says they're going to be able to track every single player, which the PGA Tour attempted to do. I don't know if it was at the Players last year or if it was at the Open. At one of the big tournaments last year, they attempted to do this, but the PGA Tour... They're they're an, they're like the ideas guy. They have great ideas, but they suck at the execution. And if there's one thing that Amazon's going to be able to do, especially their web services department or whatever you want to call it, wing whatever, they can execute. So I think that this is just going to be a much smoother product. It's not going to be as choppy. There's not going to be fucking 30 minutes of commercial delays because they can't figure out the camera angles. And this is going to be huge for the game of golf. It's going to continue to grow. It's going to be huge for gambling with all the numbers that are going to be pumped in. And the it's all about the speed as well. And I mean, come on, Amazon's the fastest at anything. So I, I think this is huge for golf. Well, you've also seen AWS partner with the NFL doing mm-hmm. a lot of their stats and, and, and pick through a lot of a lot of plays and a lot of players and things that the NFL has been pretty innovative with, too. So good call by the PGA. I, I think, you know what, I think golf is in a great spot right now where it's it's being monitored by pretty much everybody who covers sports and is interested in sports. It's still always going to be a niche sport, niche sport. But it, I don't I don't think that it could be doing any better than what it's been doing over the last couple of years and again we've talked about this a few times in relation to the players the personalities are as are as good as they've ever been and the little rivalries and you've got the older players on tour mixed with the younger players on tour you have a few generations of players on tour that change the game and are doing things we've never seen before done on a golf course yeah man i couldn't agree with you more i think this is a huge way to continue to grow the game that's all I really want to do, and maybe take the take the uh, take the power out of the network's hands, and and take a little bit of power back for the PGA Tour when it comes to uh, viewability. I guess I'll use that word. I don't know if it is a word, but um, I think that'll be huge for them as well. Um, before we go, you want to talk All Star Game really quick? Uh, I think they're doing. What are they even doing with the dunk contest and all that? Is that all going on at halftime? Are we gonna have like a Super Bowl length halftime here? I have no idea if it's being done before the game, after the game, or at halftime. I know they're just combining the the skills challenge, the three-point, and the dunk uh, with the game all in one night. Well, for the dunk, I don't know who's in the skills or the um, – I think it's fun when they put the big men in the skills challenge, though. That is pretty interesting. Um, but dunk contest, I, I, it's a, I have OB Toppin winning. I was just going to say, I'm going to take Obi Toppin, too. And I think, I forget who else is in it, Anthony Simons of Portland. And, and a guy who's guys. bounced around. He's been in the G League a lot this year. They couldn't really get any stars. Of course, Zion teased it and then pulled out in classic yeah. um, NBA player fashion. Um, that's like a LeBron move. Um, but aside from that, it'll be fun to watch the game. Don't really care, but I'm going to watch anyways just because... It seems to be appointment television. Anything else going on with you, buddy? I think things are starting to get back to normal. You been watching any shows? Anything good? No, dude. This is the sweet spot of the sports calendar, so I'm all in. Weather's much better here, so can go outside and can can kind of forget about a few weeks ago. And no, everything's going well, despite the fact that they want to open it up 100%. Still plenty to do. Yeah, everybody down there, keep your mask on, please. Be respectful of uh, other people's space. Seriously. Um, 
And Tom, plug your pod again with Dino Hype Co. Dino Hype Cast. Um, Sean will be doing. Sean has made an Instagram. Uh, if anybody wants to go ahead, yeah, and this follow. is breaking news. I can't uh, believe talk we didn't about the, the pod with that. Talk about the most boring content of all time. Doesn't have a profile pic. Lord knows if he'll ever put an actual picture up on there. But he does have an Instagram. Sean underscore row ninety one. Right. Yeah. Yeah. Um, and Sean will be doing once once Ryan and I figure out the technology um, and the best way to put it up. Um, the box break, Sean will be doing box breaks with us for some sports cards. So that's some interesting stuff right there. I'm looking forward to doing that. And yes, uh, don't expect much from, from my Instagram, if anything at all, unless it's, you know, maybe I'll use it as another Avenue, uh, to, to put this podcast on, but yeah, that's pretty much it. Um, but the sports card thing is pretty dope. Like I, when I was growing up, I had, an affinity for collecting baseball cards, particularly had some NBA ones too. And when I moved down here, I took like all my personal stuff, um, some that were up in my parents, some that I still had. And it, it was like binders and boxes of baseball cards. So you and I will have to one day go through those and give me an idea of value of some of them and just kind of look through them. But uh, the sports card game is, is back in full swing. It might be better than ever, honestly. Yeah, I've been. Uh, I told Sean earlier this week. I don't really talk about it on the pod, but I've been slowly over the last two years getting back into sports cards, buying some already graded cards. Um, got a couple Glaber Torres rookies, PSA tens. Uh, so that might be part of the reason why I think Glaber is going to be one of the greatest Yankees of all time. Maybe I'm just trying to talk it up. You um, sure are. Got a few others, couple Lucas hidden here and there few other things um got a lot of raw cards no uncut sheets i'm not an uncut sheets kind of guy but um yeah i mean listen follow the instagram at dino hype co um the announcement will be up there and then obviously we have the that's more just the fun stuff that's just me and ryan just fucking around trying to make more content um but obviously if you want you know cool cool pair of shoes or some vintage or hype clothing were the go-to for that as well. There you go. I love it, buddy. Keep it up. All right. We'll be back next week. Don't even know what's going on in the sporting world except for March Madness, but we'll be talking about it. We absolutely will. And prospect talk with Alex Soma coming up at some point in the near future as well. Absolutely. Everybody stay safe and have a good one. (laughs) 